Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin. Tonight we're going to be talking basketball. Surprise, surprise. We'll be talking Super Bowl, and we may have Abby in and out of the podcast every now and then. Uh, but as always, here we go. Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us again. I will get a quick word from our sponsor. I am not ashamed to admit in the past, I've needed a therapist. We all need someone, and it's a strong person who can admit it. I talked to my doctor who referred me to a therapist, and I really didn't have much say as to who the therapist was. But with this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp, you do. You can filter out who you'd like to talk to, age, gender, religion, and more to pair you with the person who works best for you. And if the person isn't exactly who you are wanting, you're not stuck. You can switch counselors. BetterHelp strives to offer affordable, professional, and accessible online therapy. So go to betterhelp.com redout today to save 10%. By doing this, you not only support us, you can work toward a brighter, healthier you. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Again, thanks, BetterHelp. We appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the sponsorship for this episode. Uh, I guess first things first, we're going to get into uh, winners and losers. Uh, biggest winner, I don't know about you, Jared. Uh, biggest winner for me would definitely be the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah, that one was pretty big for sure. Which, by the way, how funny is it that after the Razorbacks win, they uh, storm the court and the coach ends up with his shirt off? <laughs> I mean, Funniest you got to celebrate. You got to celebrate. The big I mean, like I mean uh, yes. I mean, I, personally, I probably would be right there with him with my shirt off. But I would be like, you know, part of me is like, hey, you got to act like you've been here, too. Right. Well, if Western played UK in Diddle Arena and UK was number one in the country and we beat them, you're telling me you wouldn't be out there with your shirt off? And pants, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, part of it, you know, you gotta, I feel like you gotta act like you've been there. At I mean, least have for they, though? Have they? Uh, probably not. I mean, it is Arkansas. There's nothing really there. I mean, that's something that we can say. We've never lost to Arkansas, at least in the past few <laughs> years. Like in this past 10 years, we have not lost to Arkansas. That so is true. Auburn, Auburn, step up your game. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, even Western won. Jeez. Even Westerns beat Arkansas. Um, and of course, obviously Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Uh, Jared, what are your winners and losers? So there's this one guy, I don't know his name, but he is undoubtedly a winner. So he was on this flight. I don't know where it was, but Leonard Fournette was next to him on the plane. So he was talking to him the whole flight about stuff. And uh, the guy, um, like he was just talking to him the whole time. But at the end of the flight, like Tom Brady actually FaceTimes Leonard Fournette. And the guy on the flight actually got to talk to Tom Brady and told him that retiring was a good decision because he's washed. I wish that was me so freaking <laughs> I would have enjoyed every oh second of that. Like, that's what you dream about as a Tom Brady hater is having that moment oh my to tell him to his face, washed, thank you for retiring. All I got to say is, dude has got some cojones on him. That's all I got to say. To I mean I, I I don't think I could tell Tom Brady he was washed. Oh, I could easily. I'd ask him what his record was in Miami, and that would probably make him hang up. 
Touche. Touche. Um, oh, I had another loser, but I can't think of who it was. Well, um, of course, locally, we had a guy who, um, I think it was in Indiana, actually, a gentleman decided to run from the cops. He had some uh, illegal substances on him. And he was on a bicycle, tried to run from the cops and wrecked his bike. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> if you saw his picture, you'd be like, yeah, I'm surprised he made it as far as he did. So, Yeah. Um, also, I mean, just perpetual loser is Nashville because of traffic and construction. Like, my commute's been horrible this whole year because of all the work they're doing on 65 north of White House. I could and see that. also, like, hidden runs have been escalating in Nashville. I know two people that have been in an accident. And no, three people that have been in an accident, two of them were hit and runs. And the other one, they waited for the police to show up and they never did. So um, that was fun. I do have a uh, update for you all. Um, it's kind of a winner loser situation because uh, it's just too funny not to talk about. So our longtime listener, uh, Steve from the UK, I uh, saw on his Facebook the other day, he posted an update from the Cambridge University Pythons, American Football Club. They went to play a team in uh, it's Py- the the Pythons are here to play the City Wolf Pack. Uh, when they showed up to the field, the field is ninety yards long, thirty seven yards wide, with six yard end zones and NFL hash marks. The, the, it ended up being that the refs told them uh, that. They, they had to widen the field because it's not regulation, obviously. 37 yards isn't regulation. Uh, so they had to do some work on the field. Uh, so they literally sent players to go to the local hardware store to <laughs> get paint. And so these kids are out here in their uniforms painting the field. Like the kids, like the kids for the other for the for the uh, wolf pack were out painting the field. And some of these pictures are hilarious. I just it, it it's just too funny. They're like literally like hunched over with spray paint, trying to spray paint the field. I just see so they get the full uh, job of what no- normal people would have to do as far as prepping the field, having to stripe the field and all that. I've had to do that. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, it, it sounds bad, but for that level, I mean, it's almost like little league, you know, yeah, like yeah. you showed up to a little league football team and here in the States and the, you know, the, the, the dads have to run back out and, repaint the field <laughs> but i just thought it was pretty funny uh coming from our longtime listener in this in the in the old country um speaking of europe and football though did you see where the nfl is going to be going to germany really yeah it's next year cool. well technically this year 2022 they're going to be playing a game in munich i think so that's going to be an interesting experience yeah i, I mean that, that's really awesome that's pretty cool um i I am actually for kind of a worldwide um, experience for fans. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, you know, I like the Mexico City, the 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 London trips. I mean, Munich would be kind of interesting. See, um, it's funny because there's actually more Jacksonville Jaguar fans in London than there probably is in Jacksonville. Touche. Yeah, I could definitely see that because, I mean, who else goes there? The Jaguars. The Jaguars. They, they're definitely a top team over here. <laughs> um, sorry for those, <laughs> uh, but definitely the, like, but like I said, who goes over there, you know? Mm-hmm. So Jacksonville does a lot more fan service over there. So, I mean, I can see it. That's where Miami lost to Jacksonville and was this year was uh, in London. So yeah, <laughs> just, just I blame the, that. I did just blame the tea that. and crumpets on that one. 
The biscuits. Yeah, a, see, I mean, Stephen Ross probably paid him a hundred grand to lose, so they could get a better <laughs> draft pick. So it's fine. Hey, that's hey. You know, you you do what you got to do. I, I honestly kind of wish that we could get kind of a player's perspective on traveling to the UK for the games. You know, eh, maybe one. You know, like what they think. Is it worth it or whatever? I mean, probably not. You'd be jet lagged and then having to play a football game. <laughs> I imagine you'd have to go over like a week ahead, but yeah, I don't know. Um, so Super Bowl Sunday's coming up. We'll start with the Super Bowl. Um, Jared, do you have any, uh, Super Bowl traditions you do? Man, it's hit or miss. Like sometimes I've stayed at, like, usually I stay at home and just watch it. Usually my parents invite a lot of our close, like family friends over, which is fine. I mean, we used to be a lot bigger thing when I was a kid and uh, a lot of the other kids within like the family that they were still kids too. Yeah, like, I've had a lot of good memories of like there would be like twenty something people over at our house watching the Super Bowl. I mean, it's dwindled down a lot now that we've all gotten older, but that's always been a good tradition. Just having a lot of friends over. Also, like when church stuff, like we would have like a Super Bowl party or whatever, and I would go to it and be the person that explains what's actually happening <laughs> during the game. Like that was always my role, so that was a lot of fun. So I mean, those have always been the two things that I've done. I mean, it'll just be even more low-key this year. I'm probably going to make a big pot of chili that's really good and just hang out and watch the game. Sounds good, bud. Yeah. Um, So recently, within the past probably five to six years, I usually will get uh, order some wings, uh, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings or the local uh, Wings and Rings here locally. Um, Order some wings. Uh, sit down, you know, I, I'm not a big alcohol drinker, but I will sit down and have a, you know, have maybe have a little drink and enjoy the game, watch the commercials, you know, just have a nice relaxing night because I don't really have anything in it. So it doesn't matter to me, you know, Yeah, just enjoy watching some football and some funny commercials. I will say if the Dolphins were to somehow go to the Super Bowl in my lifetime, and I'm still where I'm at. You better believe I will go to my church and watch that game on the projector that's like 100 feet across or however long it is, like the giant projector that we have, and watch the Super Bowl there. I don't care if I'm by myself. I don't care who's around me, but I will be wearing every Miami Dolphins thing that I own, and I will watch the Super Bowl on the largest screen I have access to. Heck, I'll go to the Franklin drive-thru and watch it. I like See, the drive-in, the drive-in I theater. Thought- I thought that was going to turn a little differently, honestly. I figured you were going to be like, I'm going to go to my church and tell them I need to do a mission trip to Miami <laughs> <laughs> or wherever the Super Bowl is. We need to do a mission trip there as soon as possible and definitely get in and uh, you know spread the good word and go to the Super Bowl and tell those people why Miami's the best. Be I mean, like the Blues Brothers. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> classic. I, yeah, it is. Uh, my all-time favorite movies. Best Super Bowl, and that's an old movie too. That's what's funny to me. I um, grew up watching that movie, even though it's rated R, just because of all the legends that are in it. And I, it, I love the police chase scenes. Like oh some of the most iconic chase scenes. Like it had the record for the most cars destroyed in a movie for like the longest time until like some <laughs> random movie came along in like 2009, I think it was. But yeah. Honestly, like, and I can think of the exact scene you're talking about. Um, But uh, so is there a favorite commercial you have from the Super Bowl? Recent, not recent, whatever. 
I mean, usually it's just like the certain brands I think are always a lot better. Um, I mean, obviously Budweiser, Bud Light, they've always had some really good commercials. Doritos, they've had some really good commercials. Of course, yeah. like Skittles has been pretty decent with Marshawn Lynch and all of that stuff. It's been really funny. Uh, I mean, I have I have I seen know. a show. Speaking of Marshawn Lynch, there is a show on Hulu. I can't. I'm not going to endorse it because I don't know, you know, how it is or anything. But there's a show on. Um, Hulu called uh, Murderville. Have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Okay, so Murderville is a script show where everyone on the show has a script, obviously, just like any other show. Um, but the guest stars, who are guest detectives, quote quote, do not have a script, and they have to improv all of their lines. Oh, that's fun. And Marshawn Lynch is one of the guests, and of course, when I checked, no. Was it, uh, I think it's Hulu or maybe it's Netflix. I might be mistaken, but it's definitely, it, it's definitely a show to check out. Um, I'm going to watch it hopefully later. Uh, yes, it's Netflix. I'm sorry. Yes. Murderville. Uh, it stars, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Will Arnett. I don't know why I almost oh, said nice. John Arnett. It's got Will Arnett as the main character. Um, uh, Dr. Kim. If you know Kim, uh, what's his name? Kim Jong. Yes, he's so funny. He's on there. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is a guest star. And there's several other different ones, but those are the two big ones I saw earlier. Um, <laughs> Conan O'Brien is actually a guest star, too. So, Man, they got a little bit of everything. <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely check that out, though. Sorry. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, while we're still talking national stuff, have you been keeping up with the Olympics any? Nope. I've just checked our medal count, and that's about it. And I was yeah. just, I was kind of disappointed in it, so I just let it go. I know Norway. I think they had a ton of gold. I mean, of course, I'm very partial. Sean White, he's in it. This is probably going to be his last ride, his last Olympics. I know he qualified for the finals. I think the actual competition is tomorrow night is when we'll get to see it. I hope he can pull it off. He's one of the all-time greats. He's been, like, the main. Like, when you think of snowboarding, you think of Sean White. And I got to meet him in 2006. In no kidding. Nashville. Yeah, it was the Journey's Backyard Barbecue. And it was the most emo thing in the face of the earth, which is beautiful. <laughs> so it was a skateboarding event. And they had a lot of the big names. Tony Hawk was there. Sean White was there. Ben Margera was supposed to be there, but I think he had to back out. But they still had a lot of the big skateboarders there. And it was at School, uh, cool Springs Mall. Um, wow. In the parking lot, all it was was just skateboarding ramps everywhere. They had a little bit of BMX and they had music like like hardcore and punk and that kind of music or whatever. Yeah. And it was so fun. I mean, I was at the perfect age to go to that. I was in like sixth grade and was enjoying it. was hotter than Blue Blazes. It was really freaking hot. It was right in the middle of summer. And uh, I got to go with one of my friends and his mom, and it was really cool. But yeah, I got to meet Sean White there. Not, I didn't get to talk to him very long, but it was still that's, pretty cool. That, I was gonna say, dude, that's really actually really cool. So was he really cool, or was he like uh, my wife and I watch him? Well, she loves this movie called um, uh, Friends with Benefits with oh, Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake, mm-hmm. and uh, Sean is in that. Uh, yeah, we're we're that close. I call him first name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, and uh, he's in that, and he's just a complete dick. And, uh, and, <laughs> and you know, he seems like this really nice guy, and then he's just completely, you know, like that. And you're like, really? Um, but I, I did just Google the medal count, for those of you wondering. Uh, Germany's leading with five gold, three silver, no bronze. 
Norway's in third with uh, four gold, two silver, four bronze. Uh, yeah, four bronze for ten medals. Sweden is in third for four gold, one silver, two bronze. Uh, next big hitter would be probably China. They're fifth, three gold, two silver. Um, then the U.S. comes in tenth with one gold, five silvers, one bronze. It's unacceptable. One gold medal this far into the Olympics. Unacceptable. Well, we're the not co- really a coach cold needs to go. country. The coach needs to go. I don't <laughs> care who it is. Well, okay. Norway, Sweden, Netherlands are two, three, four, respectively. Um, and those are colder countries, typically, I think, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but we're still America, though, Devin. We're supposed to America. beat everything we do, like the miracle on ice and everything. I mean, we have to beat everyone. We are beating uh, – we're beating Canada. They're number 12 right now. Are They're we beating one... Russia, though? That's the only question. Where is – I don't think Russia is – They're the ROC because they oh. cheat. Oh, they also no. got caught cheating already in this Olympics, too, so that's going to be fun. <sighs> they cheat in every Olympics. Straight like up. Russia is just an entire country of like the supervillain that everyone hates, if you think about it. And especially with uh, all the stuff in Ukraine right now, too. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just pure evidence. Oh my god. Well, honestly, I'm afraid that stuff with Ukraine's about to go down right after yeah. the Olympics. But anyway, uh the ROC is eighth. I didn't know who that was when you <laughs> said that. Um what is what is their what's the acronym for? It's the Russian Olympic Committee. Because they ah. compete under Russia because they're banned for cheating. Yeah, Russia, yeah, which I think we've talked on the podcast before about that documentary with the crazy dude mm-hmm. who, um, I say crazy dude, with the guy who um, was supposedly the scientist who figured out how to take the the non-tamper-proof jars apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, that was uh, that was one. Um, yeah, that's uh, definitely a good documentary if you get a chance to watch it. Uh, but I don't see the I didn't see the UK on there. They just have Our rain. Island. They don't get snow in their country. <laughs> they do in the northern parts. I mean, I'm sure. Mm, that's but it's probably just Scotland. Yeah, but it's part of the UK. I just want the guy that was Samoan, the American Samoa guy. He was the only guy from his country. He just competed in the Summer Olympics, and he's in the Winter Olympics too. That's like god tier level stuff. Okay, so. Um, I'm wondering if the Jamaican bobsled team has done any good. I haven't seen anything about the bobsledding yet. I don't know when they do the... uh... I don't know when they do the the actual bobsledding event. It may not have been yet. I don't know. Yeah. the, The articles I see are just talking about them coming to the Olympics, not really them competing yet. But it's like the first time they've had a bobsled team in like 24 years. So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's very nostalgic for me to, for Cool Runnings, the movie. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, let's get into some Western basketball. It's what everybody really wants to hear about. Not us, not us talking about the uh, Olympics. Uh, so, we did stop the skid. Finally, slump ended. I knew, I knew me talking about it would just end it. I, I just, uh, so we were at Charlotte. We won seventy eight fifty nine, which very dominant performance. I mean, that's that's just amazing. Uh, and then we played Old Dominion and beat them seventy seven to sixty. 
Um, and like literally, like I just said, Western led the entire game. No debate. It's kind of like the guys just said, I'm not, we're not letting off the gas. And that that's really, really something to see. Yeah, it was awesome to see finally kind of see that performance. Now, the old Dominion game, uh, ODU led till about 4.55 to go in the first, and then Western just hit the gas and took off. Justice uh, leading in points, he had 18, six field goals. And almost all of that was in the second half, too. Oh, that's great. Uh, Anderson led on rebounds, and McKnight led on assists for the ODU game. Uh, so did you watch either game, or did you have to work at the – the cruel and unusual Starbucks. <laughs> uh, I did for the old Dominion game, but I did get to watch the Charlotte game. And I was impressed because, I mean, we hadn't won a road game, like a true road game up to that point. And to finally not only just get a good road game, but also kind of stop the losing skid. That was really big. I think for the team, just to kind of throw some water on all the fire that's kind of surrounding them. <laughs> of mm-hmm. people just kind of going after them, saying what's going on. Of course, like with Stansberry too, it might cool his seat off a little bit. And I mean, they needed that game and they finally got it. And they were shooting really well and just looked pretty good on both ends of the court. And I was just kind of wondering where this team has been all season after seeing that. I agree. Um and, and I didn't realize until you just said that we really haven't won a road game. Yeah. Um, we've only had one road game that it was Southern Miss and it was postponed, I guess, due to COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, we've lost like every road game. And that's wild. Even the Rhodes game we won, which, wow, I don't. That was a close one. I don't know how we did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, D3 schools. I know, right? They're so tricky. Um, so talking, uh, talking. Let's talk state of conference USA. It's not looking good for Western. I'm going to go ahead and say, at least for winning the East, they dug themselves in a pretty big hole. Yeah. Um, is is there a chance Middle's going to take it from Florida Atlantic? As I mean, it's possible. I mean, I never thought I would be saying that at the beginning of the season, but I mean, it is possible. Like, the East is, like, very level, but also down at the same time. Like, Middle and FAU are looking pretty decent. But, like, Old Dominion and us are not as good as we normally are. Same with Marshall. Like, Marshall does not look good at all right now, other than beating UAB not too long ago. But it's just very an unusual state of the East right now. I mean, the West still makes sense. with North Texas, UAB, Louisiana Tech, all of them are still really good. But if you look on the east side of things, it's definitely a different year as it normally would go. Uh, so what about the west? What are we thinking in the west? I mean, is it just North Texas to win? Uh, I mean, they look pretty good. I mean, we should have beat UAB, but they had that game winning three. And, of course, we should have beat Louisiana Tech as well, but it was not a very good officiated game. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, I think that UAB and Louisiana Tech are both very winnable. But North Texas was the only one that really, really won, like outright won against us. So that's kind of how I used the rule of thumb. And, of course, they were just the conference champions too, so they know what it takes to get it done. So they still have a really good team, even losing Hamlet. Now, we've already faced FAU. Um we lost seventy-eight to sixty-nine, and when was that? On the 
January 20th, sorry. I had to go back to see when the date was because it doesn't list dates for me on the schedule um, that I'm looking at on ESPN. Um, but as far as uh, FAU 2.0, what are we expecting uh, tomorrow night? Or for those of you listening on podcast, what are we expecting tonight? Uh, I think it's definitely going to be a much closer game than the first time. I, I know too. FAU may technically be one of the better teams, but if they beat us in Diddle Arena, I will believe it, but they're going to have to prove it to me. I don't think they can beat us at home. I will say, just looking at this, uh, the game's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. game starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Um, Vegas has given us five points. I think that's respectable. Um, it is, like you said, it is in Diddle. It is on ESPN+. Plus. Um and this is the numbers I don't necessarily agree with. Western, uh, according to the BPI that some intern filled out, Western is at 79.4% chance to win. I mean, that's pretty heavy. I mean, that's probably taking the two road games we just went into consideration. So, okay. And uh, it depends on the crowd, too. I feel well, like if we have a decent crowd, I think that helps because FAU's not used to playing in front of a lot of people. Yeah. And of course, ODU's kind of on a skid. They lost eighty-one to sixty-two against FAU, and they just beat uh, Southern Miss eighty-four fifty-seven. Which, by the way, I don't know how bad Southern Miss is, but that's not that's a pretty rough score. Um, so FAU is on a four-game winning streak, and we got two so far. So I'm hoping we can keep it going. Yeah, I think this will be a good test to see as far as how competitive we can be in the East. And also, it kind of helps set things up as far as um, with seeding for the conference tournament, which, I mean, it's already February. I mean, we're getting close to the middle of February. We're only about a month out from this thing. So this is do or die. This is You need to try to win out if you can, if you're Western, because if you want to have any chance at all of getting a bye in the first round, then you better start pouring the heat on. Definitely. You got to, I mean, if you're going to make a splash, I agree. You're going to have to do it's uh there's no way this team wins four games in four days. It's impossible. I mean, they're already gassed enough as it is playing a second game, like on just a th- Thursday, Saturday schedule. So they've got to get that first round by. Well, I mean, there is a way for them to do it, but if you substitute players, I mean, that would be a crazy idea. Yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I don't. I, I don't think Stan's understands how substituting works. I feel like he's going to sit down for a uh, like a coaching conference thing one day, and they're going to be like, you know, you can actually put in more than six guys, and he's going to be like, "What? Are you kidding me? There's a way to play more than five? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, just being honest here. Um, but anyway, uh, looks like Western. We're averaging about 76 points a game, 69.7 against, uh, shooting about 47%, 35 rebounds, 15 assists, yada, yada, yada. We're, I mean, we've almost got six blocks a game and almost nine steals. And you know all of those blocks are just from Sharp. Oh, definitely. Um, which, by the way, he's uh, – I, I I don't know. I can't describe – I can't tell if I'm more excited about Sharp or if I was more excited about Bassey. They're, they're different. They're very different. But I think I love Sharp just because, I mean, he's the tallest player in college basketball. And yes. he's so athletic for his size. Like, the fact that he can run as fast as he can is very impressive. 
And of course, <laughs> every time he gets around the rim on defense or on offense, I mean, you're always going to be like waiting for a block or a dunk. I mean, he doesn't really have to run that far, though, man. I mean, or really have to run that hard. I mean, I mean, it sounds bad. Do you remember He's Yao Ming? Five. Do you Do remember what? Yao Ming? Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember seeing him run? Yes, and it there reminds no me of comparison. Sharp. No comparison. You don't think so? No, Sharp is way more, like, as far as, like, running, way more athletic than Yao Ming. <laughs> like, Yao Ming looked like he was in pain every single time he went up and down the court. Probably because the Chinese, like, broke his legs to make him that tall. Probably. Which, by the way, is an actual way that people make people tall. Maybe I they should break, look into that. They break the bone, pull the bones just minutely apart, let them heal together. Break the bone again, let it heal back together. Yeah, I've, I've seen it in documentaries and such. Um, if so, I did that, I'd only get to 5'8". That's pretty sad, probably. <laughs> I think it is good for a couple inches at least, just so you know. Dang, yeah, it's not worth it. Um, thumbs up or down on FAU? As far as us winning? Yes. I think we'll win this game. Okay, so definitely thumbs up. All right. I'll go thumbs up as well. So that means we'll probably lose by 20. Gosh. Thanks, Jared. Gosh. Well, actually, I think we talked about this last week, and I don't remember what we said on the FAU because we went ahead and talked about it too, just in case. Um, (laughs) uh, Actually, I didn't realize this until just now. I didn't realize Sharp is leading our field goal percentage. Well, I mean, it's all dunks, so, I mean, it's a very high percentage shot. <laughs> well, he's at 72%. If it's all dunks, then, I mean, I'm kind of wondering. Uh, I mean, he has had a couple of, like, close-range shots, or, like, well, there's one random mid-range shot he took. I'm just like, why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, he's a junior. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um, He's a junior, so he definitely, I mean, does he get the COVID year, too? I want to say so. So he's got three years, hopefully, with Western. Yeah. I mean, there's um, NBA scouts that are passively looking at him just because of his size and shot blocking and all of that. But I still think he has a few years to go before he could reach that level. If he's able to put on some weight and get some more post moves and I, I think maybe gonna, work on his free throws a little bit, I think he'll be really good. See, I think he's definitely got to develop his muscles. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I agree putting on weight and all that, but I think he's definitely got to build up some muscle mass because, um, you know, he's got to be able to uh, kind of be a presence under the rim. You know, he can't be pushed out um, because he's, you know, I don't even know how much he weighs, you know, 200 pounds and seven foot five. So, you know, essentially a giant scarecrow, uh, you know, he's, he's got to have that weight so he can kind of be a force and kind of, you know, be able to force his way around under the rim in the NBA, um, which is only going to help Western. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, on the Saturday, the 12th, we finally get to see Southern Miss. I'm assuming they're not going to make up the other Southern Miss game. Mm, I, I think I saw whether or not that was happening. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Uh, UTSA is on the 12th. Uh, we play UTSA at 4 p.m. I don't know if it's televised. I'm hoping it is. No, it is not. Of course it's not. Um, how is Southern It might be on WKU PBS then. Okay, okay. Uh, well, it is in 
uh, San Antonio. Oh, so I don't know. Been. So I don't know how that's going to work. We could definitely probably listen on the IMG Sports Network. It might be on Stadium. It may be, but sometimes they they'll post it if it is. So I don't know. That's my big question. Um, if anybody out there knows if the game's going to be uh, televised for the UTSA game, let us know. Um, and then on Valentine's Day, we're going to be playing Southern Miss. So finally get to play them. Uh, so UTSA, I'm going to definitely say thumbs up. Yeah, we're... they don't have Javon Jackson or Keaton Wallace anymore, so they don't really have the weapons as they used to. And they still underperformed even with two of the best scorers in Conference USA. So I feel like we should win that one too. Okay, is it just me, or is their uh, arena or stadium or whatever just really, really small? Yeah, it's pretty small. 2,650th. Diddle is three times that. Yeah, but yet that they're going to be in the American, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I, I'm still kind of jealous, I'm not going to lie. See, they are total opposites. Like They have one of the biggest football arenas, but their basketball arena is like the size of a high school gym. Well, yeah, it all went into football, of course. <laughs> I mean, it's Texas. What do you expect? Yeah, touche, touche. You're right. Um, well, I will say, as I get really close to the mic here, sorry. Um, I will say my thoughts. Uh, well, let me back up. When uh, when I was at Western, we played a team in 2006. It was Northern Iowa. And I believe they're the Panthers or something. I might yes, be wrong. they're in Cedar Rapids or Cedar Falls, whatever it is. Yes, and... yes, yes. Um, and their basketball arena and football stadium was one and the same. Hmm. And I actually think that is an awesome idea. For oh, it's like school. Syracuse. It's like the Carrier Dome. Yeah, so they. the only bad thing is in football, like the field is like, like those um, – what is it called? Uh, the bristle pads or whatever. Yeah. Like the metal uh, stuff you use to clean pots and rusty bumpers and stuff. It's kind of the equivalent of that. Uh, so it's not good on that sense. But, I mean, it's a great idea for the school to save some money. And it's really good because the fans get, like, right in your face. Yeah. You know, they are right there. And you're just like, good gosh. I mean, Northern Iowa, especially in basketball, historically has been really good. I mean, they played a home game. Like, they hosted North Carolina, I think, when they were number one in the country and beat them. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and also they've had some good runs in the NCAA tournament. Like, I remember Seth Tuttle. He was one of the really good centers that they had. Uh, I see the, their coach in my mind. I can't remember his name. Ben Jacobson. Ben Jacobson. Yeah, he's nice. a really, really, really good coach. And they've always been pretty good in the Missouri Valley. Nice pull there, by the way. Yeah, I somehow <laughs> found that. Pulled that out of somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, and of course, the, the annoying part of that game was that they constantly play this uh, Panther screaming sound. And you're like, yeah. what in the heck is that crap? <laughs> Sounds like something Franklin would do. Yeah. Yeah, Franklin or Logan County. They've done that before, too. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's uh, it was that was just really interesting to me that it's 2,600, you know, only got 2,650. I mean, that's like, I don't know how much, you know, my hometown's, you know, little arena holds. I'm sure it holds yet at least 1,000. Yeah, Franklin's probably close to that. Which just, I mean, even for basketball in Texas, come on, guys. 
I mean, I'm in Kentucky, which is complete basketball country, but still. Um, uh, definitely thumbs up on the UTS game, UTSA game. You think so, too? Yeah, I'm going thumbs up on both of these. And then Southern Miss on the 14th. What do we think? That should be an easy win. If we lose that, then that's when we will be really concerned. Yeah, uh, the BPI is given, uh, as of right now, the BPI is 89.6%. So we should win 9 out of 10 games against them. We should. So that's a plus. That's a plus. Uh, So I've heard some concerning things as far as our group talk, group chat, about... um, uh, Cam Justice, as far as like he just looks in pain, is that something to worry about in the next few games? What do you think? Uh, maybe a little bit, but in the Old Dominion game, uh, Luke Frampton went down with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like it sounded bad at the time, but from what we've heard, at least what I've heard, is that he should be okay to go. Like, thankfully, there's just like a bone bruise or something like that. It's not as bad Which... as it was expected to be. So Which those hurt, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it still hurts a lot, but I mean, all things considered, uh, that'll be good if he stays healthy. But yeah, I mean, this team, if they're going to be beat up going into the conference tournament, Stansberry will either have to play his bench and hope that somebody steps up, which will probably not happen, or to just run <laughs> the guys that he has into the ground and hope that they don't just collapse like the Bluesmobile at the end of the Blues Brothers. Yep, hold my beer. Yeah, so it's probably definitely the latter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's the same old song and dance, and I hate to be that way, but it is. You know, we're gonna. He's not gonna play more than six guys. Um, you know, actually, I will say, I will say, I will back, I will backtrack on one statement. We used to complain about his defense. And now he has kind of, for some games, he has gone from the one three one to the actual man coverage. And it's kind of nice to see that. Finally. I will give I will give stands that. But if we can work on the substituting thing, I mean I think we're gonna have better legs. Yeah. And we're gonna be developing younger players in the process. So worst case scenario here. You put in Isaiah Cozart for five minutes. You know, not a lot of time. Just give him a few minutes there on the field, on the court, sorry. Give him a few minutes on the court, pull him out. It'll give Anderson, Sharp, somebody a breather. You know, I'm sure there's other guys. I can't think off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's other guys that could rest some of these other guys to give their legs a rest in this stretch. Because my thing is, is let's rest them – Maybe not against FAU, but UTSA, Southern Miss, definitely. Um, so that they have their legs against Charlotte again, you know, MTSU, and definitely Marshall, since we get to play them almost back to back right there at the end of the season. Uh, definitely think that's, I mean, I think that's viable. I don't think that's completely ridiculous. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely doable. I mean, he did play the bench a little bit. But not a lot. I mean, it was still like a lot. Well, not that much time left before he brought all of his subs in at the end of the 
Charlotte game when they were already winning big. So I'm yeah. just like, he probably could have put them in earlier than that, but I don't know what his logic was for that when you're already winning by 20 something points with five <laughs> minutes left. I mean, I, I just don't, it would be like in football, you're winning by four scores going into a minute to go, and you're like, nah, leave the starters out there. Throw, yeah. for the, throw for the end zone. But if your star quarterback got hurt, would it have been worth it? Exactly. In garbage time. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of like um, some of these quarterbacks, um, I'm not going to throw out any you know names, but some of these quarterbacks who are going to bowl games who sit out mm-hmm. to go pro. I don't blame them. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, okay, I've got this multi-million dollar deal possibly sitting in my lap. Do I want to go to a bowl game and risk injury? Or do I want to go, you know, and play with my team and, you know, for the last time and, you know, win this bowl game? I can understand both sides. Yeah, because especially unless it's like a New Year's Six Bowl or something like that, they just sit out. Like if it's like the Gasparillo bad boy mowers bowl or something <laughs> stupid, why exactly. in the world would you want to play that against like some Mac school? I mean, that why would you care if you're a really, really good athlete? Mostly? Yeah. If you're in a, if you're in a power five conference and your team is going to be playing against St. Mary's or something like that, <laughs> football, which I don't even know if they have a football team, you know, if you're playing a team like that, I don't see any point in doing that, honestly. I just, I mean, from the player's point of view, completely understand. And there is no question in my mind that they should be allowed to do that. See, I mean, when we played App State, it made sense for them to play because that's a competitive game. That was a team that almost won their conference. That's a good game. If it was someone like Alabama State, or something like that. If I'm Bailey Zappi, I'm just going to tell Coach Helton, just like, hey, I'm good, dog. <laughs> well, okay, let's flip this. Let's say that we are the underdog team. Let's say we played Auburn, or we played, I don't I'm not Georgia, but, um, you know, LSU. Do you feel like they should sit thin, or should they go? Well, that's when it's reversed. That's when the uh, LSU players are like, Western Kentucky, all right, cool, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> exactly, yeah, then, they're sitting and you're like, okay. Yeah, if you're Western, though, you play everybody just to get that win, to have that win on paper, just be like, hey, we beat LSU in a bowl game. And even though like maybe half of their starters sit out because of draft stuff, I mean, it still looks good on paper. Yeah, but at the same point, like I can understand where players are like, we're not even going to beat them, let's just sit out. I mean, yes, the coach's job is to push them and make them think, yes, you can beat LSU. Yes, you can beat Arkansas, which, yeah, we know that happened. But, you know, you can beat these teams. So, I mean, I can understand players kind of thinking, eh, I'm going to sit out. We're going to be all right. Anyway, so talking about uh, Western basketball, I believe, what was McKay talking yesterday, that there was an injury? Yeah, for Lady Tops. Lady Tops. Let's talk Lady Tops real yeah, quick. Yeah, as Maya Meredith, I think she tore her ACL or something like that. Yeah, so she's sad. out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Oh, that sucks for the Lady Tops. Um, she was doing so good too. Yeah, uh, the oh, uh, Lady Tops did beat. Uh, they lost to Charlotte, seventy nine seventy four, but they did beat Old Dominion seventy one fifty seven, and they and they dominated the whole game. Uh, ODU almost came back on them. Which is wild. Western did not score 
for, let's see here, three minutes to go in the second quarter to <laughs> 435 to go in the third. Wow. So that is wild. They had like a, at least, what, three minutes here. Trying to count this up real quick. Uh, almost five minutes. So like eight minutes of no scoring. Dude, that is wild. Mm-hmm. I could not imagine. And you still win the game. So I guess they were like, yeah, we're getting close. Let's uh, let's definitely leave it close. Just work um, the whole game. Don't even play offense. <laughs> so who who was it, I'm sorry, that you said got injured? Um, Maya Meredith, I think. Okay, okay. I was just looking through some of the the uh, the 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 play by play team stats here, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Alda Godaway is still playing. Looks like she's doing pretty good. <laughs> okay. Did you find any stats? Uh, I got uh, she. Um, Merrill, she's shooting about 19. She got 19.8 points uh, for this season. Um, Seven rebounds, two assists. Let's see. I mean, Western shot 35 from the 35% from the field. uh, Or sorry, 37%. ODU shot 35. Uh, Three pointers. Western was shooting 36%. So, wow. I need to work on this stat, though. We had 17 turnovers. ODU had 12. And we had 52 rebounds, so... Wow. <laughs> yeah, whoever was hitting the boards was hitting them hard. Uh, looks like Mead was hitting the boards really hard. That's great. Um, the only thing... The other, there's another stat here I really am uh, kind of concerned with. With it being a home game, we had 15% attendance. Mm. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. We could definitely show our support a little bit better for Lady Top Basketball. Um, definitely take your girls. Take your little girl. She likes playing basketball. Let her watch these young ladies. You know, some people need somebody like that to look up to. Uh, we played Charlotte uh, a few nights ago as well. Went into overtime in this game. So amazing. Western, uh, the only bad thing is, is Charlotte came back on us and took us to overtime. And then Charlotte kept the momentum going and obviously won the game. Uh, 79-74. Western had 42 rebounds. Charlotte had 41. We had 17 turnovers again, which is turning into a theme. Uh, we shot 25% from three-point land. They shot 35. And uh, we had a 40% field goal percentage. They shot 45%. So, I mean, obviously there's ways to improve. Mm-hmm. got to take and, the ball. Yes. And, okay, how do we say the girl from Egypt's name? Meryl. Meryl. I'd, I'd have to have her last name in front of me to remember. Abdel Gawada. Abdel Gawad? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Okay. So Western is going to be playing FAU. Uh, they're basically mirroring the guy's schedule, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool in one part and one part it's not. So it's kind of nice. Uh, we're going to be playing FAU, and actually FAU is in the bottom of the girls' conference, so it's kind of the opposite from the guys. Uh, so capacity for the FAU arena is 2,500. 
just it just blows me away how small some of these arenas are in college basketball. Uh, we've got them. FAU is is today for those of you listening on podcast. Those live or it'll be tomorrow. Um, and then we they don't play again. They play UTSA on the thirteenth. So they're going to let the girls have uh, Valentine's Day free. That's nice of them. Uh, I don't have any stats for UTSA yet, so sorry about that. That's the problem when you watch women's basketball and you're not named Matt McKay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got all the stats. I'm sorry. He's a, he's the he's the lady top analyst. Um, actually, UTSA is in the bottom of the West. They are 2-9, and nine, so Western should do okay against them. Uh, and then we've got... Okay, I'm sorry. UTSA, we've got uh, MTSU again, which actually middle is a half a game ahead of us. We definitely need to beat them. And then we've got Marshall, who is three games uh, from first, so they're two games behind us. Uh, so we definitely need to take Marshall. We need to win both of those games. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I'm trying to find the other game we have. Old Dominion. Ah. Old Dominion is a half a game behind us. So Old Dominion is technically fourth in the East. So we def- if to, to win it, which I'm going to say the girls are probably in a better shape than the guys. They are. Uh, to win. Uh, they definitely have, have to put in the work, uh, you, you, which they can. Uh, and they're going to need your support. So definitely support the Lady Tops. Okay, so last thing here. Last thing we'll talk about real quick. Uh, our predictions for the Super Bowl. So where's your money? Where's your uh, your theoretical money, your bet going, Jared? So thankfully, when it got down to the final four teams in the NFL, it was the two teams that I was hoping to see in the Super Bowl for once that were left. Obviously, <laughs> I know Miami's a given to not be in it. So, so I, mean, I was hoping to see LA and the Bengals. I mean, Cincinnati's kind almost local. I mean, if you're not in the south side of Kentucky, I mean, it's the closest team besides maybe Indianapolis. But I mean, I hope that they can do really well. But it's hard for me to predict. I mean, this is only the second time I think it's happened with LA playing in LA. Like Tampa Bay just played in Tampa and Tampa won. So now LA is going to be playing in Los Angeles. So I'm thinking that they have almost like a home field advantage for this game. I would uh, agree. Also, with, with Tyler Higby, I think he's going to be a game time decision, but I would probably lean to him not playing because of any injury, which sucks. I don't think he's practiced at all since oh, they won the NFC Championship game. So that's a major bummer if he doesn't get to play. But, you know, the ring still fits on your finger just the same whether or not you get to play in the Super Bowl or not if you win. So it doesn't really matter in the long terms of things. But I have L.A. winning. I'll probably just give it like a solid. It's always weird scores in the Super Bowl. Give me 30 to 26. 30, 26. Okay. So you're saying Rams 30, 26. Yeah. Okay. So. You were saying uh, that the uh, the Rams have an unfair advantage. Well, I mean, Do a we... home field advantage. Even okay, though... home, f- home field advantage, home field advantage. Um, Do you know how many teams have won a Super Bowl in their home stadium? One. And you know who it is? Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, yes. That's it. That's, yep, that's the only one that has ever happened in the history of the NFL. 
I wonder how many have. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very high number that have even played in their own arena for a Super Bowl. I did not realize this is called the Super Bowl curse. <laughs> Interesting. Uh. Sorry, I'm kind of skimming this real quick, but anyway, I'll talk Cincy. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for Cincinnati to win, just because, like you said, they're a local team. Um, it has been how many years since they won one? Over 20 oh, years. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, they're still in the same market. You know what I'm saying? They're still in Cincinnati. I can respect that. It is an owner's discretion to move their team, yada yada yada. But at the same point, like. I respect a team that stays where they're supposed to stay. Yeah. Same. Yeah. The Rams were in LA a hundred years ago. That's fine. But Hey, Cincinnati's still here. They're still in Cincinnati. They're still in a smaller market. Yes. Your Joe Burrows has given them grief because it's a boring place, but uh, taxes aren't as bad to Joe. Watch that. I mean, at the uh, end of the day, you're still in Ohio. So I mean, you could do better. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely cheering for the Cincinnati. Um, if they lose, will I lose sleep? No. Um, I'm not going to cry if they lose. I'm hoping they win. I'd like to see Cincinnati win. Uh, it's been several years since they have. Um, honestly, I didn't know if they beat the Chiefs, and then they turned around and beat Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I think Patrick Mahomes is a lot better quarterback than Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. With that said, I would still like to see a Hilltopper come home with another ring. And Higby. But... You know, it is what it is. So, um, I definitely go tops as far as I'm always concerned. But if uh, if Joe Burrows and the Bengals come home with a ring, I'll be completely happy too. I actually do have a uh, family friend who made a bet with someone that the Bengals would not make the playoffs this year, lost the bet, and had to dye his hair uh, orange. Nice. And I, and honestly, okay, so I was when when I was told this, I was like, okay, you know, he probably just did like the frosted tips kind of thing, orange, which would be all right. I could I could live with that if you know if I had a faint orange where people couldn't tell, <laughs> you know, they look at you and they kind of go, is it orange? And you're like, no, no, it's just the sun. But um, apparently, he didn't just stop there. Apparently, he has a very he has very, very thin hair, not thin hair, but short hair. And uh, he painted his hair orange with tiger stripes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely really funny. And it's oh, one of those man. you're like, dude, you better be glad you work in a place that they don't really care if you do that to your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely pulling for Cincinnati. I cannot unsee that that Matt Stafford looks like the frat boy who never left his college town or his college, uh, frat, frat house. So mm-hmm. can't unsee that. Um, but definitely pulling for Cincinnati. Uh, so go Bengals. What's I'm going to final say, score projection. I will say 35, 28. Who? Bengals. Oh, okay. 35, 28 Bengals. I'm definitely pulling for them. Let's, uh, hopefully they'll do well. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, I hope it is. I'm sorry, but blowouts are boring. Nobody yeah. wants to watch a blowout. Of a, you know, a football blowout is just boring as all get out, especially in the Super Bowl. Like, of all games, that's got to be, like, your close, you know, all the way to the end game. And I think the Bengals' defense is pretty good this year. 
Yeah. Obviously, to stop to stop Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, I mean, at least for me, I think the Rams are more of a well-rounded team. Like their defense is really good with Jalen Ramsey and uh, Aaron Donald, and then on offense, I mean, you have Matt Sanford, and I think he's been due. Like he suffered in Detroit for 13 years. I think this is his restitution <laughs> from the NFL is one Super Bowl with Los Angeles. So I, I respect the script writers for putting that in there. He deserves it. So <laughs> the script writers. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, I, if it ever turns out that there is in fact a script, I will be so disappointed. I would just under. I would want to know why they hate Miami so much. That would be my only question. <laughs> Touche, touche, touche. Um, well, the Packers are right there with you. We ain't been in forever, so no love lost there, buddy. Sorry. You've seen your team in a Super Bowl in your lifetime. I can't say that. That is true. That is true. Um, so definitely check out the Hilltops. We're going to be playing, like I said. Um, oops, sorry. Here we go. Uh, Western's going to be playing FAU on the 10th, uh, UTSA on the 12th, and Southern Miss on the 14th. Uh, the 10th, we're playing at 8 p.m. at, at Diddle. We're going to be in San Antonio on, on the 12th at 4 p.m. If you can figure out where that is, sorry, we couldn't provide that to you. Uh, we will be playing Southern Miss on the Valentine's Day on the 14th. That's on ESPN+. Plus. If you can't watch them, you can always check the Hilltopper Vault or you can check the Tower Rack. Uh, we do have the um, vault footage. Uh, and unlike Disney, we do not lock those away for years and years and years. We do let you watch them whenever. Uh, so definitely check those out. And we appreciate your support. Uh, thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And as always, guys, go Tops. Go Tops. See you. Thanks, Jared.